0: welcome to the bitcoin zodiac the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the markets as well as in life hosted by corinne claire and alexandra who come from a diverse background bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology cryptocurrency spirituality yoga philosophy day trading, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore a different aspect of the economics of the markets, from following Bitcoin to more complex topics like blockchain governance and decentralized finance. But we don't just stop there. We also examine and discuss the astrological implications of these topics, exploring the different zodiac signs, the houses, the moon phases, and how they might approach financial decision-making and investment strategies. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is a podcast for you. So sit back, relax, maybe take some notes and come expand your consciousness with us through the world of the financial markets with an astrological lens.
1: Episode <laughs> one, here we are. Amazing, amazing. Good morning, ladies. Good evening for you, ladies. Are good I?
0: evening. Greetings.
1: How we doing? Really good. I'm so excited for this. We've been talking about this for so long. I can't believe that we're oh. we're finally doing it. It's, it's going to be so fun. I'm really excited to share this.
0: That's it manifested it. beautifully.
2: It did, it did. And I love that we are constantly talking about these things and we're like, we need to get this information out to the world. Like we can continue just keeping this between the three of us. So I'm so excited that we're finally here and doing this. And I have the biggest smile on my face. I'm like a little kid jumping (laughs) up and down.
1: (laughs) I know. I love it. I feel like we're just actually just recording our own like personal calls and we're just going to share that. I don't. I don't think we need to change the format. I think we just really flow with it anyway. So it's it's going to be really interesting.
2: Exactly. Yay. Well, let's start with um what we kind of had planned today to discuss, um which um is really about introducing this yeah. whole world so that when we continue with episodes it's all going to make sense. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are like, wait a second, the Bitcoin zodiac. So <laughs> crypto and like horoscopes and astrology. <laughs> so I think we need to make that clear. And that's kind of the intention of this session today. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't we kick off and we we just introduce ourselves and and sort of talk about um, how we became interested in crypto astrology.
2: Yes, it's so
0: um, Alex, would you like to start? Sure. Um, so how did I become interested in crypto astrology? It's such an interesting question because it didn't start that way like I didn't just like peak interest to this specific topic it was an evolution Mm. of an understanding right so I've used astrology my entire life like astrology was introduced to me at a really young age and it was just always there like another way to have self-understanding Um, And I think because it was always there, I was able to relate to it and use it like, oh, I'm an Aquarius. My moon is this. The full moon is in this. The new moon is in this sign. But I didn't really like dive into it as much as I feel like you guys have till more recently Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, So I've always been interested in um, the economics of the world. You know, just always being kind Mm -hmm. of skeptical of how things are run and why things are run and who decides what information goes out there. Where's the money going? And uh, as I as I found, um, you know, this this education platform and found found crypto, I like the idea of crypto first because it was. It was rent and anything that is different than the norm, my natural Aquarius self is like, ooh, I was just a about bunch of I was
1: gonna say so Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> classic
2: Aquarius.
0: <laughs> this whole podcast, if I can say, is just classic Aquarius. And then like I'll come back Very to much. what we're to <laughs> what we're saying. Yeah, so like when I learned about crypto, I was like, oh my gosh, amazing. Like people are going to start to take back their power. And mm. I'm all for it. And as I learned about that and I learned about how, well, while people are taking back their power and their sovereignty and thinking outside of the box with money, it's also really manipulated still because that's the dual nature of the world that we live in. Um, mm. And when I found Corinne, I believe it was Corinne who introduced The idea of the moon phases and Bitcoin to me, I think we had just met and we were sitting in downtown Belray having coffee. And I think she showed me, I don't know if you showed me a chart because I don't know if you had started mapping it out yet or if that was the time, but at one point you showed me a chart and I was like, you know, that makes a lot of freaking sense because Mm -hmm. bull moons, I always, my whole life, I remember being very like energetic and like almost, high in a ecstatic type of way like feeling yeah, yeah. a little bit like a lunatic <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and so when you introduced that idea to me I was like okay there's got to be something to this and uh here we are
2: yeah I love that and maybe I'll just piggyback directly off of that yeah, <laughs> because- yeah I do. It's so funny that I, because I'm so, my story is just so different to that. Like mm-hmm. I have, I feel like I was raised uh, not so much by my family, but like by society in such a like masculine, logic, hardworking, like, don't tell me about meditation and spirituality, just work harder kind of way, right? And But I feel like at the same time, I always had in the back of my heart, in the back of my mind, like I believe in a higher power. I do believe in the law of attraction, um, but it was just so much logic. Like I studied medicine. And then when I first got introduced to the world of crypto, For me, it was like money until I started on my entrepreneurial journey, on my trading journey that I I feel like trading started exposing me in so many different aspects of my life. And trading and entrepreneurship definitely pushed me to start to look within. And that's kind of like where then... I started to get into spirituality and self, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was on the charts and I heard somebody in our trading community say the moons align with Bitcoin. And I was like, what? Like, tell me more. I get onto trading view. I look at the moon phases and I'm like, Bitcoin follows the moons. Like, I need to start looking at this. And then that just started opening up a whole world for me. And I started diving into the astrology. And I was like, duh, of course I'm a Leo. Like, even just look at my hair, like (laughs) the personality, the the traits, the features. They're like there. Like, I'm a Leo. And then I just started piecing all of these pieces together. And now I love. Following the astrology and looking at it like this macro. And at the same time, I feel like it's helped me get more aligned with the mission of what crypto is Mm. because crypto is so much more beyond money. Bitcoin is literally power to the people. Decentralization is literally this revolution that is going to set so many of us free, in my Mm. personal opinion. So, um, I want to start diving into stuff, but I would be getting ahead of myself, but that's kind of like (laughs) how I started. And I am so happy to be in this like feminine flow now and stepped away from that masculinity and in this feminine flow of being able to look at the markets, look at the astrology, piece the pieces together. And so grateful for my God, for giving me these tools that um, have just embarked me on this incredible mission and claire i know yeah. you're
1: um you're very passionate about decentralization <laughs> yeah, 100% and i think it's um you know i think it's really interesting because i guess my sort of story is like the opposite of that i, I suppose because i um you know i have i create i founded the Hadassah collective and um, I'm the host of the Hadassah Collective podcast, which is very much in line with um, spirituality and exploring those aspects of ourselves. And I think um, anyone that knows me is sort of very used to me being like very at home, more at home in the, with the moon and the stars than I am on planet Earth, for sure. And I think <laughs> um, you know when I sort of share like my interest in Bitcoin, people are like, what where has this come from it's so you know um outside of my comfort zone my personality I think so the astrology side of things whereas I think that these two things are like my worlds combined to be honest and this podcast is really like my two worlds colliding um Mm -hmm. because I think um how I sort of looked into financial astrology is I was already really aware of the um of Astrology, as it pertains to our lives and um i don't necessarily look to it as a future predictor but i really am hyper aware of what's going on in the cosmos and how the energies and how that's affecting us and our emotions and again i came through the moon cycles of looking at bitcoin and just realizing that like wow it really does map out the ebb and flow of energy you know from each new moon down to the full moon and back up again and so it's I found that really interesting but I think the moment that I I think I even said to Corinne I'm like we really need to look more into this was when um I was aware that the eclipses were happening last year and I noticed to the day almost to the day um Each eclipse, the eclipse in May was the lunar collapse, the eclipse in November was the FTX collapse. And I was just like, you can't make this up. And so um, there definitely was a correlation. And I started looking a lot more deeply into it. And I think, in the broader macro sense, um, you know, I think that um, astrology, financial astrology, is really interesting, really pertinent. And one of the things that I do want to say to people who are kind of new to this, who think it's probably a bit weird, maybe a bit airy fairy, um, is that, you know, even if astrology doesn't necessarily resonate with you, if you are interested in financial markets, the ones that move the markets do follow astrology. So even if you're not somebody that integrates astrology or observes astrology in your own life, it does give you a bit of an insight into the markets. It gives you a bit of a bird's eye view. I sort of see it as the macro on top of the macro, you know, um, in in those terms. So it's been a really interesting exploration. And yeah, I I do love... um, the astrology that we're moving into right now is is really, really interesting in terms of um, Bitcoin, decentralization, innovation, technology. So it's really exciting times that we're living in. And I'm looking forward to exploring it with you ladies. It's super fun. And I l- I'm so obsessed with something that you just said because <laughs> um,
2: the people that control the markets. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are definitely onto astrology like there can only be so many coincidences and I always think back straight away to J.P. Morgan mm-hmm. J.P. Morgan who I think everybody that knows anything about finance or the economical space knows who J.P. Morgan um, is he literally used to use astrology first Until he then stepped into the industrial revolution or the industrial ages and he had to bring things to society and society and investors were never going to be like, yeah, the moon's going to do this. So let me invest. No, instead they needed to hear, hey, technical analysis, here are the numbers. This is how much percent return you're going to get. So he literally had to shift out of astrology into... Mm numbers because of the industrial ages and that's the way that logic and people thought um so if JP Morgan was somebody that used astrology and has such a key role still to this day in the economics of everything it's there it's back there I feel like it's hidden information that's just being forgotten um and I'm here to bring it all back out <laughs> with you ladies
0: bring yeah. it out. let's
1: bring it out. Uh, <laughs> absolutely I mean I think there's a there's an element for sure of um of hit that it's hidden and um I think there's also been an element of discrediting you know of of um sort of different spiritual work and I you know we have talked about this many times before but obviously this is our first episode of the podcast and we're moving into these times where um these sort of more intuitive ways of viewing not just the financial markets but life in general is becoming more and more important and being able to sort of align with that side of your intuition um, is actually gaining more and more credibility i think so um yeah let's let's bring all of that to the forefront and all of that to the surface i
0: mean we we're in the age of aquarius You know, like that explains so much. And if like, not even in there's different systems that explain like what we're going, what's happening in the world. Like we are going through this shift of consciousness that is from less, we've talked about this before, but less dense, Mm -hmm. we're going from a place of density to a place of more lightness and Aquarius is an air sign, but in a different system, I mean, even in like, right now we're in or just coming out of like kali yuga so mm-hmm. in the vedas where even in like vedic astrology vedic philosophy we are we are becoming energetically like smoother softer thinner like if you think about like just a couple hundred years ago people weren't even allowed to smile in photos in america you know what i mean like emotion was such a taboo thing but it's Mm. like we are literally connected to the planets by how energy and how gravity works. Like it actually is a very masculine physical science. Mm -hmm. So it's just that dual nature, but yeah, being in that age of Aquarius where we are now, it's, it speaks numbers to that. I mean, I don't know if I'm talking in circles right now, but (laughs) um, allowing that intuitive The the intuition to come out, the divine feminine Mm -hmm. to come out, not only in just women, but in, you know, all beings, the intuition, the inner knowing, the less technical. Yeah. I'll let someone else pick up. No, I mean, I
1: love the balance of both. Like, I think that that's sort of been, you know, because we've had such an imbalance with Um, You know, patriarchal society, masculine energy, you know, we've had such an imbalance that we've almost gone very far into elevating the feminine, which has been great, like it's been necessary. But I think also that, you know, we have that masculine energy and that feminine energy within all of us. And so it's really being able to balance that and recognize what's needed for that time, that particular time. And I think it's really interesting speaking to something Corinne said as well, in terms of technical analysis, shifting into technical analysis. When I look at an astrology, when I look at Bitcoin's astrology chart, to me, it's the same, you know, it's the same, um, experience almost as looking at a, you know, as a, as a, um, trading view chart, you know, it's, it's really the, a very similar thing to me and, um, you know that's that's kind of how i i look at it that it's um it's exploring both because i think there's elements of intuition when you're looking at a trading view chart and also elements of technicality when you're looking at an astrology chart as well so i think both um it's dipping into both when necessary and it's having that intuition and knowing um when to do that when to operate in both of those spheres that's the kind mm-hmm. of gift of our age
0: exactly yeah. i was go
2: on I was just gonna say touching on that you know the the two comparisons of the chart I think that that is so true because when we first get introduced into something like crypto and trading or investing and we get presented these trading view charts you know it's such a I call it this linear thinking you not know, this step by step this is is, you know look for these confirmations to then be able to enter your trade it's like abc one two three but and i think we all know it here um as you step more and more into your trading you step more and more into your intuition yeah there is such a big psychological and spiritual aspect to it and some of the best traders that i know um, have spoken to me about you know what sometimes it's just a feeling and you just know yes. whether it's going to go the way that you expect it or that you have predicted it to or not and now when we are putting astrology into this um, and for you know those people that are listening we're not just looking at oh okay where is the moon today mm-hmm. but we are looking at natal charts we are looking at birth charts and it's important to also underline here when we talk about astrology we're not talking about horoscopes when we talk about (laughs) astrology you know like horoscopes are kind of like that commercialized astrology that's like oh let Mm -hmm. me see what's gonna what's gonna happen to a leo today right like that's not how that works Um, But when we talk about astrology, we're talking about time, place, date of birth. Yes, you can do that with people, but you can also do that with crypto projects, with businesses, stocks. So we're actually going in and looking at, in particular, what's happening with Bitcoin. Bitcoin that was born on the 3rd of January 2009. Why? Because its first transaction on the blockchain was on the 3rd of January 2009. And from there, we're able to determine when was Bitcoin born. And that's how we then start to actually apply more information than just what we're looking at at a trading view chart, but also Mm -hmm. looking at Bitcoin's specific astrology. To kind of nip that one in the butt, because I
1: feel like people are like, so we're just going to be talking about Leo and Aquariuses. Yeah. And and the more kind of that we, you know, I never, as I said, I was always really aware of the astrology, but I never really overlaid it with Bitcoin. I never really looked at it. I think when I heard the term financial astrology, it definitely piqued my interest, but I never really took it so that seriously. But because I was kind of aware of the astrology that was going on, I could notice the patterns of events taking place. And I thought, okay, we really need to look at this. And this is something that we do take really seriously. It's not like just something very airy fairy. It is something that we look into in a lot of detail. And um, I think it's also interesting to note that when we're aware of the the general astrology of what you know it, how the planets are transiting um for the world what we are doing with this podcast is we're uh, we're overlaying that with the with bitcoin's natal chart because um we want to sort of look at how that impacts bitcoin and bitcoin really rules the rest of the crypto market so if you you know i'm probably the most bitcoin maxi on this on her, <laughs> in our group um, but um, and I'm not even a, a pure Bitcoin Maxi but if you even if you are it's even if you're interested in other crypto projects um you know Bitcoin really kind of rules the roost at the moment and really um, guides the other projects but we sort of want to look at how these sort of different transits align with bitcoin's natal chart because it gives us an idea of, of how Bitcoin's going to react, what kind of opposition Bitcoin may face um, in terms of regulations and things like that. And we can glean all of that from, um, from the astrology charts, from Bitcoin's natal chart. And also, when we're looking, what I found, especially recently, is we could be coming into some very hectic, um, you know, collective astrology. But those kind of events could actually be really positive for Bitcoin moving forward. So it's really interesting to have um, have that overlay and have that perspective.
2: Yeah, and to kind of also piece that together for those people that maybe are a little bit more in a linear thinking or even call it logic thinking. I, I call this astrology side of things a bit more like a non-linear thing you still need that linear think about it like this we have technical analysis where we use kind of like you know we have different time frames you can zoom in all the way to the one minute even seconds if you really want and obviously technical analysis personally is still a big part of what it is that I use but then I take a step back before that and I look at Call it number two, the fundamental analysis. You can look Mm at the
1: news, different
2: things that are going on. Um, We could even already start looking at a bit of the psychology of what is the sentiment overall in the news. Go and look at the fear and greed index, what's going on, and then take it one more step back. The third step, which you could even use as the first step, right, which is the astrological analysis. Like, I think maybe Claire, you said it before. It's like the macro of the macro. It's mm-hmm. like overall view of what's going on. How am I going to, what's everybody feeling? What maybe do we predict that is about to happen in the world? Like, you know, we said it before, eclipses is something key to use. And one last thing to even think about this and as we start stepping into a little bit more detail is we do use the signs the -hmm. planets so zodiac signs the planets the houses and their placements to potentially forecast movements or to forecast potential movements in the markets and i personally Hopefully this is all making sense and not overwhelming people straight away. <laughs> but yeah. I personally start to look at the moons. You mm-hmm. move through the moons and then use the planets as a
1: backdrop to what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Alex, did you want to have a little chat about the moon cycles and give a and talk about how you use those moon cycles?
0: Yes. Um, so, oops. Okay. So in general, I mean, I don't know if every, anyone or everyone who's listening knows like, what are the moon phases? I mean, we can go outside and we can see how through different days of the month, the moon shifts. And like, what does that really mean? Um, so if you don't know, the moon gets its light from the sun, Here's a little bit of a science lesson for you, (laughs) but the moon gets its light from the sun and that's, that's pretty cool. And like, so basically there's eight moon phases. There's the new moon, there's the waxing crescent, the first quarter waxing gibbous, full moon, waning gibbous, the last or the third quarter moon and the waning crescent. So the new moon is when, and I'm going to talk about it from science and spirituality too. The new moon is when there's nothing, there's no moon in the sky. The, the, the moon is literally blocked and spirituality or spiritually new moons are great for creating new ideas, new plans. Things are at like an, it's like an all time high, almost, if you will, in our lives to say like, let's reflect what was the past month? Okay cool. What am I creating? Like, what are you creating? What are you bringing in? And it's that new blank slate energy. Like there's no moon in the sky. And that's how I treated new moons my entire life. New moons personally, I find are more difficult for me to like go through and cope through. For some reason, there's always some like great lesson for me to learn. And if you think about it and how we move and evolve as humans, when we learn lessons, we're doing a lot of gaining, we're gaining knowledge, we're expanding our perception. And what I find with trading and using the moons is when there's a new moon, the markets are spiked they're at a high i mean i'm a i trade gold mostly and gold even follows the moon phases as well same with bitcoin obviously we've we've uh, went through that already so and as the new moon starts to you know starts to grow and you start to see the little slivers that's when you can i'm sorry my dog just entered the dog just entered the room when the Aww. new Moon starts. Nala says hi. <laughs> <laughs> I find price, you know, maybe price starts price action starts to shift. Maybe maybe it starts to go down a little bit. And as I prepare for the full moon, you know, it's now a process it was just a process of building. And tapping into the new ideas and the new goals. And as I break in, as that energy shifts and the moon starts to appear and get bigger and b- get bigger, it's like, okay, another process of shedding. And I feel like when we build up to the full moon, it's the ultimate shedding, the ultimate letting go of what did not serve you this past month. It's a time of reflection. Like what can you clear out and what can you let go of? And we find in the markets around full moons, there's new lows and it's just fascinating to me as someone who's always used the moon as a tool to either create new goals and reflect or to let go of old energy whether that's cleaning out my house detoxing my friends list blocking an ex-boyfriend you know what I mean like just letting things go the markets also reflect that as well and if we think about it like we're how much percent water between 98 and 72% water and the moon shift with the tides. And this might be a little intense, but I'm going to say it. Um, Our bodies hold our fluid mostly. Right. And they hold a frequency. They hold frequencies and emotions. There's an emote. You can like Google or emotional scale, different emotions have a different frequency. And let's tie this all back together. So whereas the moon shifts, our emotional frequencies shift, when the market dips, people's emotions shift and they start to make these emotional decisions. And it's interesting how as the moon changes, we can see it all the way. I mean, I've back tested this uh, for my, my asset of choice for a long time. You can just see how it works. Um. So I suggest if you're like, oh, what is this? Go turn on, go on your trading view, find the moon phases, and add it to your chart and back test your asset and check it out for yourself. Do you Absolutely. want me to add anything?
1: No, um, I think that's good. I mean, I love also looking at them. I would, I would recommend to anybody that's listening that is this is piquing your interest. To just go on to, to trading view and start back testing this because i think that what's interesting is that people sometimes think that oh well the new moon is a sell signal and the full moon is a buy mm-hmm. signal and it just doesn't work like that it's not no, no, no. It's, it's not like that it's really is um you know really tracking that ebb and flow of the energy but what i the way that i sort of observe it is that i can see that as we're coming up to the new moon like you can see you know, over the last couple of weeks, even that when Bitcoin was coming into the new moon, it's like pumping into the new moon. And you think this is not, you know, a lot of people, if you watch anything to do with Bitcoin, it's never going to stop. It's only ever going to the, to the moon. <laughs> and um, but because I have an awareness of financial astrology, I know that even we may continue an up move, but I know that there's going to be a bit of a, a retracement. There's going to be a bit of a pullback. And that um, upward move is sort of losing a little bit of momentum. So I definitely recommend that if anybody's is just piquing someone's interest, that they should go. That's probably the first thing to go back and back test. And um, yeah, it's really it's really interesting. And then the the next thing that we sort of look at is is the the signs and the planets that are transiting those particular signs. So um, when a transiting planet changes signs, it actually brings with it the energy of that planet. And it also then takes on almost, it adopts the costume of that sign, if that's an easy way to sort of put this. And um, every sign also is ruled by a particular planet. And when that planet is in that sign, the sign that it rules, it usually brings a moment of peace or a moment of movement. So For example, we've just had a major planetary shift of Pluto moving from Capricorn, moving into Aquarius. So previously, Pluto brings this energy of death, rebirth, of transformation. And so it always holds that energy. But when Mm -hmm. it was in Capricorn, it was putting on almost the costume of Capricorn, of bringing that that transformational energy to structure, to authority, um, to power structures. And when it moved into Aquarius, which is all about innovation and technology, it's bringing that energy of transformation and rebirth into and wearing the costume of Aquarius. So I hope that kind of makes sense. I'm actually gonna go through the lists of what the um, different signs mean it's a little um it's a little boring to go through the list but I think it will just give some context for future episodes so that we can kind of understand and relate um different movements back so we start off always with I don't think it's boring at all you don't think it's boring boring. I'm so excited bring it (laughs) tell me everything you know (laughs) So, yeah, so we always start with Aries. And so that's really associated with action and, you know, innovation and initiative, you know. So in financial astrology, um, it can really lead to volatility and, you know, risk taking and those sorts of things. You can expect some serious movement um, and some volatility with Aries. And then you have Taurus, which is more associated with stability and security, And so again, it's more like, tourists is more safety, stability, and looking at long-term stable profitability. Then we have Gemini, which is really all about communication and information. And so again, it's a time of like um, volume in the markets. There's a lot of trading happening, a lot of volatility as well. Come back then to Cancer, which is again, you know, within ourselves, cancer is very much about these deep r- emotions, and again, cancer is really related to security, so and focused on long-term stability. Leo, Corinne's sun sign, is <laughs> again associated with leadership and power, and there's a lot of focus on growth. It's it's a really bullish time for the markets. Leo is really bullish. And it's really focused on where can I grow? Where can I move? Where can I grow? And um, then we have Virgo, which is again, associated with analysis, very detailed orientated. So we're really focusing on risk management. There's a lot of risk management focused energy when it comes to Virgo. We then have Libra, which is balance and harmony. And again, more looking at maintaining, where can we find balance and maintain the equilibrium? then have scorpio which is again transformation and intensity and um more of a focus on like high risk high reward um during scorpio (laughs) time (laughs) then we have my um my sun sign which is sagittarius and that's again expansion and growth um so again very bullish for the markets and in terms of the con the the contrast with Leo is that Sagittarius is more focused on long-term growth long-term um expansion and long-term growth then we have Capricorn
2: whereas us Leos Leos are a little bit more spontaneous
1: exactly exactly (laughs) you're like now let's grow right now what can we do right right now now? (laughs) yeah exactly and um and very much also leading the way like leo energy is very much like leadership energy it's very much leading the way in that time and then we have um capricorn which is actually Bitcoin's sun sign so um again associated with discipline and structure and um financial stability which is interesting because bitcoin is always seen as such a sort of quote-unquote risky asset but actually um its purpose its nature is um is really stability and long term time horizons um so so that's really interesting and i'm sure we'll dive much deeper into bitcoin's chart as we go through these episodes we then have aquarius with alex representing our <laughs> aquarians and um that's always associated with innovation and disruption so it's really looking at high tech and um, yeah, disruptive markets. We have Pisces, which is intuition and spirituality. So in these times of Pisces season, it's more about, again, what we were talking about being led intuitively, even in the realms of your investments and your trading and things like that. Um, And looking at more the intangible value of certain investments. So then we move into the planets. And um, they all bring their own energy and they all represent something kind of different in financial astrology. So we'll also include other celestial bodies like the moon and the sun. Um, And the sun really is king. You know, it's really that masculine energy. It's really to do with purpose and self-expression. Again, associated with leadership, power and authority. So when the sun is in Leo, Um, It's a really bullish time for for the financial markets. And um, then we have the moon, which is really the queen, um, the feminine, the mother, the nurturer, the receiver, and um, really associated with the moods. So when we put that in the context of Bitcoin, you have Bitcoin with a Capricorn sun. And um, so focused on stability, um, long-term gains, and um, short-term sacrifices for long-term gains and then you have this Aries moon which is very spontaneous very almost childlike and um, impulsive so it really kind of balances that out and um, so you get that you know impulsive um, spontaneity from the Aries moon, but then you have that balance of like, you know, we're we're in this for the long haul and, you know, let's focus on what we're building rather than just the speculative side of Bitcoin. Um, we then have Mercury, which is really important um, in terms of financial astrology. It's associated with communication and information. And um, particularly when Mercury is in retrograde, we will notice um, this this planet, um, because it can be tied up with a lot of miscommunication. Interestingly enough, Bitcoin is actually more affected in um, the shadow period before um, before Mercury retrograde, and we'll dive into that in a little bit more detail. But yeah, you can be aware of this planet's energy because it sort of creates some confusion and miscommunication, misunderstandings, and um, misinterpretations sometimes. And um, especially when it comes to technology, we then have Venus, which is the about love and beauty and pleasure, and that may sound kind of contradictory to financial astrology, but it's really about unifying, bringing together. And um, when Venus is in its ruling sign of Taurus, the markets are very stable and very profitable. They they're in love; they're like this in this little love bubble, and it's it's nice, very. Um, Comfortably profitable. And um, then we have Mars, which is the planet of war. And that's associated with aggression, conflict and action. So Mars can really drive us to take action, we can see some really strong moves in the market when, um, when we're in um when mars is mars is moving especially when it's in its ruling sign of aries when the markets can be really volatile really risky but very high risk very high reward during those times Um, we then have jupiter which is um all about expansion and abundance and growth and um this is when when jupiter is in sagittarius it's really really bullish for the markets and there's so many opportunities for growth and for profit and for expansion so that's what we're looking for during those times and experiencing during those times we then have saturn um, which is really associated with discipline structure limitation and lessons so in the context of financial astrology Saturn really brings the hard lessons, and when it's in its ruling sign of Capricorn, it's a time of you know caution and conservative times. But it's also really about learning the lessons. So um, often, often for Bitcoin, that kind of means we're under regulatory scrutiny, and those sorts of things, and um, we're start we're really starting to learn our lessons, or um, we've let different different things different things into the Bitcoin ecosystem that maybe are polluting the ecosystem and those things are being brought to light and shifted out and we're kind of learning our lessons to move forward Um, we have Uranus which is um, liberation and awakening, innovation and technology so it's a really important planet for crypto um, and tech in general and then we have Neptune which is about inspiration, oneness and it's really about illusion and so it's tying into the oneness aspect it's really about releasing the illusion of separation um Mm. and then we last but not least we have pluto which is all about the shadow the death the rebirth and transformation and evolution and um as you said earlier we we kind of have had a really important pluto shift And, um, you know, it can bring with it some psychological turmoil, (laughs) some craziness, um, but overall really positive shift, I think. So, yeah. So, Corinne, did you want to go over the houses and what they mean? Let's uh, kind of piece it all together
2: now with this last key aspect, which we must look at when we're looking at the financial astrology of the markets. Um, We've gone over the signs, the planets, and now when we put the houses, all of it together is kind of like a puzzle piece to be able to um, really understand what's going on. So, what are the houses? And I feel like this is one that is not, um, as publicly maybe, or mm-hmm. how would you say? You know, like people don't look at this as much, no. um, up there, but they definitely should <laughs> because it's yeah, such because a-
1: it's really it's really like who it's going to affect, like who who that transit will affect. I think is important, or what element it will affect but it's not talked about as much for sure.
2: Definitely not, but it's like really key. So traditionally, or let's say in like personal astrology, the houses are used to represent different areas of your life. So you can look at what are the various areas of my life that are going to be influenced by this planet being in this sign and in this house. So The houses are actually divided into 12 sections, and each house is then associated to a particular area of life. Um, You know, again, personal astrology would be like your relationships, your work, your personal growth, the self, et cetera, et cetera. And astrologers, what they do is that they use the positions of the planets and the houses to understand and interpret the energies and influences that are present during that specific um, period of time so we go in we analyze the birth chart and this can also help us to gain an insight into various strengths challenges potential areas of growth or the opposite now Obviously, here on this podcast, we want to be talking more about the financial markets. So I'm going to go through every of the 12 houses that there are and talk about from a financial perspective when we see that, you know, Bitcoin's sun um, in its natal chart is actually in the sixth house. We can say, oh, okay, so. The sun in Capricorn, as Claire said, because uh, Bitcoin is a Capricorn, Um, in the (laughs) sixth house, the sixth house in financial astrology is about the way that a company does business or the employees of a company, meaning for us, the way that people have done things in the finances, in economics for so long. And Bitcoin's purpose, because that's his son, is in its natal chart in the sixth house. Bitcoin's purpose really is to go and change the way that we we see and do and experience um, all of our financial matters in the world. So that's to give an example. Let's go through every one of the houses. So... Starting with the first house. When we look at things in the first house, that's really associated with the shareholders, okay? So, again, this could be like the people that are in ownership of that cryptocurrency. The second house, we look at things related to money, trade, economy, and interest rates. So, it's funny house. or oh, not so funny. It's kind of like duh for us now, but... When you know we're expecting something key to happen, uh, you know on those FOMC meetings, or when Powell needs to speak, sometimes you see a very interesting planet in the second house, and you're like, hmm, I think I have an idea of what's going to be happening to the interest rates during this time um when it comes to the third house that's for all means of communication so the way that maybe that particular project right because we can look at more than Bitcoin but maybe that particular project and the people of that project leading that project um you know come through with a new type of key communication um Fourth house, we're looking at real estate, crops, and mines, anything and everything that has to do with the earth, with resources. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to think of an example, say, for example, um, the first uh, um, Bitcoin transaction has occurred where somebody has bought real estate with Bitcoin, something like that, Right. Um, that could happen fifth house here we're looking at educational matters and learning and this can really be seen during periods of times where I always feel like it's kind of like hey are people really understanding this project are people um, in a moment where they realize even that they need to understand more about that project or it could even be like is that project that crypto bitcoin needing to learn something in order for it to then be able to go to the next level we've been seeing a lot of that and there's a lot of that in um bitcoin's natal chart a lot of important key planets are also in the fifth house and i love that because bitcoin really is teaching us all educational matters it's a new way of doing things the sixth house we spoke about so that's the way that a company does business the employees of a company so again this could be like more of like the wider range of people that are associated with that crypto not even that maybe hold that crypto or investors of that crypto yet but are um getting introduced to it know about it the seventh house we talk about um or we look at the area of exchanges valuation for example of the shares so the value of um that that crypto accounting so for example sometimes when we talk about accounting here in the seventh house it could be like maybe the methodologies of how that exchange is doing something um or Scandals. This one's a really interesting one for um, some fun exchange scandals that we have seen in, uh, in the past. <laughs> then we have the eighth house. And the eighth house is about waste, death, and rebirth. So this one is very interesting, especially when Pluto, which is the planet of death, rebirth, psychological turmoil, Um, you know, especially I can imagine it being in Mars, Pluto in Mars in the eighth house. I'm like, World War Three is probably going to break out if something like that happens, right? (laughs) Um, To go to the dramatic side of things, right? Then (laughs) the classic Leo. Then the (laughs) the ninth house is when we look at foreign affairs. So this is interacting with the foreign governments, or it could even be operation in new countries. So say, you know, maybe Bitcoin gets legalized as or becomes the legal tender in a new country. Um, We could see that typically in the ninth house. Almost there, fam. In the 10th house, we look at government, politics, senior management, and leadership. This is always so interesting to see, and I feel like we align a lot crypto side of things to governments and key leaders um and you know even key call it senior management of particular projects and cryptos and what's going on there 11th house which we have been seeing a lot of interesting placements in lately is in relation to central banks board of directors people of authority and last but but not least is the 12th house. And that has everything to do with restructure and repurpose. So, another kind of example of not so much a death and a rebirth, I feel like it's less dramatic, but it's definitely like, okay, we're going to restructure, recreate, and some very big changes that may happen within a particular um, crypto project business, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the houses. And I'm sure that as I went through them, you can already start to understand, wow, it is really important to know even, you know, where is the full moon happening? Where is the new moon happening? Is some interesting news going to come out? And that's where we can start linking up even the fundamental analysis already with this to understand, oh, okay, like where is it going to be sat? Um, in which house and what then repercussions are we going to see inside of the financial markets? Typically, there I go and just straight away associate it with emotions. Are people Mm going to act out of fear with this or are people going to act out of greed with this? Is this going to cause, you know, an euphoria state of um, emotion? So houses are really key and definitely not spoken about enough.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I always find it really interesting to to notice the houses as well, especially when it talks about, um, you know, foreign partnerships, or it talks about um, governments or regulations and things like that, that always is really important and really corresponds, um, really corresponds well with Bitcoin's natal chart, it really is a clear indication of either what challenges that um, Bitcoin is facing at that time or, um, you know, what breakthroughs that that Bitcoin is going to have. So it's very, very interesting to observe what houses what houses we're in, how it relates to Bitcoin's natal chart.
2: Definitely. And I feel like when, you know, we eventually will do an episode talking about Bitcoin's natal chart. Yeah. Every time, every time I look at Bitcoin's natal chart, I'm like, Whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is, like he did this on he or she or they, it, I don't know, whoever they are.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> like
2: <laughs> they, they knew this. Like this is so
1: intentional, but we'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool.
0: Yeah,
1: that was one of the major confirmations for me as well. And I, also i'm really interested in human design although i'm not an expert in human design but even um bitcoin's human design is is wild as well it really just describes exactly how bitcoin what bitcoin is what it's here to do and when you look through the natal chart it's just um when you look back also on bitcoin's last you know um 14 years you can see these sort of placements and you just go wow this is um this has really played out in that in that respect. And especially when it aligns with like purpose and Bitcoin's purpose, I think that's really interesting, but I'm sure we'll get into much more detail than we can cover in this episode and future episodes on that for sure.
2: Definitely. And I feel like, so when this podcast is released and when you're all listening to this, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a full moon. So happy, yes. full <laughs> in happy full moon in Libra. <laughs> so it's going to be a full moon in Libra on the 6th of April, which is really exciting. Um, and I don't know if we specified this, we're using Western astrology because there's yeah. lots of, different of astrology too.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, which means that we should be at local bottoms it comes to bitcoin we've just had the moon go move through virgo so um so that means that we will be seeing a little bit of a dip so as we're recording this ladies i'm getting ready for a a short right after the moon moves through Leo. it's going to go leo and then virgo and then the full moon in libra if
1: i say just check out the moon you need to check out the moon it's not actually exactly necessarily exactly on that day on that that time that that is going to be the local bottom around in that three day period you can see that that down move will start to sort of taper off and you'll notice less volume in the market in that down move and um, then as we move out of that we'll sort of start to gradually, um, gradually move back up towards that new moon.
2: That's a really key point because anybody that does start to backtest this and chart this, um, I always use the daily, the two-day. So they're yeah. like the main two timeframes that I use. And I do know normally like, you know, yeah, full moon in Libra. Um, So maybe the energy will linger for another two days. That's how I normally look at it as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. So what do you guys see what's coming up? What do you guys feel is coming up?
2: I was just about to say, there are some wild times coming. So we're definitely, whoever is listening, you're coming in at a really great time. <laughs> 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 to get this information. Oh, my God. So the dreaded Mercury retrograde is coming up.
1: <laughs>
2: when is that? Why I say dreaded is because I like just think of the memes that go all through Instagram and everybody's like, oh my God, Mercury retrograde. And I'm like, yeah, mood. Um, It is. So we specifically have full retrograde, full Mercury retrograde from the 1st of May to the 14th of May. And that is happening in Taurus. And the pre-retrograde, the pre-shadow, as Claire said, is really important for Bitcoin. Um, we just see it being a lot more volatile during the pre-shadow of Mercury retrograde, always in Taurus. That actually starts the day after the full moon. So that's going to be tomorrow for our listeners on the 7th of April. Um through obviously until the 1st of may that's literally all of april Mm
1: -hmm.
2: all of april we're in free shadow mercury retrograde um super interesting because that's also you know we're going to be here at the full moon kind of wrapping up those local bottoms starting to head up towards the new moon in aries which is going to be on the 20th of april Again, it's going to be during that pre shadow Mercury retrograde. And what's so interesting about this new moon is that it is an eclipse. We'll talk about what that means in a second. It is at 29 degrees and squared Pluto. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, what's going to happen?
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I can't even imagine. I okay
2: so eclipses are new moons or full moons on steroids they're intense so expect a lot of volatility we're either gonna go crazy up or crazy down um that it's squared with pluto the Mm -hmm. planet death and rebirth and it's at 29 degrees so astrologically anything that Is at zero degrees or 29 degrees are just really really key points right like they intensify things even more they're really critical points so i'm not gonna say it's definitely gonna go up i'm not gonna say it's definitely gonna go down i just know that this is gonna be a very very important point to keep an eye on and there is gonna be
1: a should we look yeah. at the other points that's kind of around i us? mean i also i also agree with that i mean we can put it also in the context of the broader financial system as well and um i love how you said i'm not you know i'm not saying it's going to go up or it's going to go down but i would agree that there is going to be some kind of reaction around that time and um I think it is interesting just in the context of what we've been experiencing in the last couple of weeks um, in the more traditional financial system and the banks and, you know, banks collapsing, bailouts, um, you know, bailouts happening, or oh. I think they're calling them backstops, but whatever, whatever the Fed <laughs> call this, day, this this time <laughs> right. around. Um, So it's really interesting to just sort of put in the context of how like Bitcoin can react in that way, like it can either be really spooked and all markets, you know, react in a negative way when these kind of things happen and go, you know, go more into dollars um, or people can start to see Bitcoin as a a safe asset. And um, it's really interesting how that narrative is sort of starting to expand. As the traditional finance financial system sort of discredits itself, um, Bitcoin isn't changing. Bitcoin is just Bitcoin doing its thing. Um, it's sort of seen as more of a safer asset. And I mean definitely within the crypto space. So it'll be interesting these next couple of months to see just how these reactions occur. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I personally am of the opinion you guys know that I don't I don't think it's like smooth sailing for Bitcoin. In 2023, that's just my personal opinion. I think it's going to be extremely volatile, both in traditional markets and in Bitcoin. Um, I don't think it's like straight to the moon. Or, I mean, I know someone has a million dollar bet that there's going to be a million oh dollar God. Bitcoin in 90 days. Um, I, can, I think Let's he's. Talk doing... About that, Let's yeah, talk. I, yeah, I think. People are getting very excited about this, but I don't think they've read his thesis of why he thinks that's going to happen. And he literally thinks that, you know, um, the American dollar will go into hyperinflation, which really means, you know, don't get so excited about it because a million dollars is no longer worth a million dollars in that context. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. He himself has also said that he hopes he's wrong. Like, I think directionally he's probably correct, but I'm really, I'm hoping his time frame is incorrect because I don't know that any of us are ready for that kind of um, chaos and craziness. Um, Who is this? Who did you say? His name is Balaji and um, he has made a bet. I'm not sure who he's made the bet with, but he's bet a million dollars that Bitcoin will be, that we'll see a million dollar Bitcoin in the next 90 days because from like he today. <laughs> no from from maybe 10 days ago I think it was I'm not sure when okay. he said it but there's a lot of interviews his his analysis is actually really really interesting but I'm kind of hoping his I think his directionally he's probably correct at some point but um I'm not sure it if 90 days is is um is accurate what do you feel about it Corinne I
2: feel like I understand his hypothesis and mm-hmm. definitely not knocking it. Why I laugh, let's say, is just <laughs> because one, um, if everybody's expecting it to go up to the moon and then I do feel like the markets are very greedy right now, then we're going to see the opposite happen because that's just how the markets are created, right? The financial yeah. markets literally created to do the majority uh to do what the op to do the opposite of what the majority of people are thinking and feeling the financial markets are literally created to make a majority of people lose right yeah. um number two
1: that capture if- that liquidity that's created and the by those by those moves
2: exactly and the second thing is even if we do have this massive um, crash, let's call it, of the U.S. dollar. Um, And, you know, we were talking about the bank narrative and if people start freaking out and there's not Mm -hmm. enough money to go around for people and people can't get their cash out and uh, their bank accounts are gone, et cetera, et cetera. Let's be realistic. Do you think that the world's ready for Bitcoin?
1: I just...
0: I don't think so.
2: I don't think so. I feel like still so at the start. Like when people are in fear, people still, unfortunately, in my personal opinion, but the reality is, is that majority of people are just not prepared for Bitcoin. People are not prepared for a cryptocurrency that the government has not said, yes, everybody, let's go and use it. But oh
1: mm-hmm. wait,
2: Fed now is preparing. NAB, National Australian Bank, has started to create their own digital dollar that's going to be used with Singapore and New Zealand and for all of Australia. Oh, but in yeah. India, we're already using a digital bank cryptocurrency or sorry, a central bank digital currency. CBDCs are not cryptocurrency. We'll do an episode we, on that.
0: Can we make that just know? <laughs> yeah. That CBDCs are not cryptocurrency. That's a really important thing because I feel like they're sitting, maybe this is just me or my misperception, but I feel like they're trying to group them together to kind Mm -hmm. of like change people's perception on it to kind of, um, I just like see this like man leading all these sheep, like a, like a, (laughs) that's just the image I got in my head, but like um, a what? a shepherd a shepherd yeah yeah. and they're just trying to like it but they're they're extremely different and it's like they're mimicking it's like they're mimicking what the full potential of this consciousness expansion that's going to change all of society already has started to change the perception of how money works and it's i just laugh when the banks do this but anyway Mm. (laughs)
2: no no I'm so glad that you you know really highlighted that because that is such an important thing and that's why I'm like yeah we're gonna need to do an episode on that thing (laughs) but just coming back to I do not believe that people are prepared for crypto when there is fear and when fear strikes in the markets Unfortunately, people will, majority of people will run to whatever is being presented to them as the safe option. And let's also look at, I thought this was really interesting, and we've mentioned it a few times. So we talked about Pluto recently shifting into Aquarius, right? Mm. And that is really a monumental event because we haven't seen this since. 1778 which was a time of revolutions and resetting and restarting now I just got chills <laughs> ooh, mm-hmm. confirmation <laughs> and yeah. so pluto did just move into aquarius but soon right after this eclipse on the 1st of may it's actually June. oh sorry uh, no, no, no. On the fifth, you're talking of May. about
1: retrograding.
2: Yeah, retrograding. So it's going to go into retrograde on yeah the first of May for eleven days, and then on the eleventh of June, it's going to go back into Capricorn until mm-hmm. the start of 2024. So I'm like, this is a preview. Yeah. This is Agreed. a preview of what's about to come. I definitely wanna hear your thoughts on this. I'm just gonna add this one thing I read that I was like, hold up, literally within days of Pluto going into Aquarius, this, um, the US Senate brought forth the restriction, the restrict, the restrict act. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Oh my God aka they're trying to eliminate vpn use and if you use a vpn you will get charged like 250k
0: what going off like the dark time so like i said we're in kali yuga now we're still in it but we're at the end of it and so if you guys don't so i'm when uh, when do we come out
1: of it alex just asking for a friend
0: <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me ask my friends. Friends want to know too. <laughs> uh, Let's see. When do we come out of Kali Yuga? So it's been going on for four hundred thirty-two thousand years. It be. Uh, it will end in the year four thousand twenty. Wait, four hundred twenty-eight thousand eight hundred eighty-nine CE. What? uh what I don't know we have a few more lifetimes before we
2: come out of that yeah, like, we have a few more lifetimes. can I I'm ready to go to Mars Elon
0: <laughs> <laughs> so hold on a second um okay tell tell me all about Kali Yuga because I don't know this so I learned about this in depth in my very first teacher training, which was in 2012. And I almost want to go pull up those notes. Not now because they're in my office and don't want to run there now, but basically like I wanted to build off of like that, that dark Aquarius of Pluto. So like we are in Kali Yuga now. And if you guys don't know, First off, I'm a yoga philosophy junkie. I literally teach it in teacher trainings like other yoga schools hire me to teach philosophy and I love it. Um, but Kali is a goddess, a, a, a deity that represents destruction and Chaos. So she's not actually bad, but what what Kali actually does is she slices men's head off. She beheads men who treat her poorly. And it's just really interesting how we're in this Kali Yuga period, but we also have these really interesting male world leaders. I mean, I'm not implying anything crazy, but I mean, also maybe I am. We have these really interesting world leaders that uh i don't know (laughs) choral hypocrisy what but um i want to go more into like when does this end Mm. how long has it been going on because somewhere in like my library i have a the ages of the yugas it's not hard information to find um well, I
2: always hold on to the fact that in the Bible, it says that eventually there's a thousand years peace. So I'm yeah. like, yeah. coming soon. <laughs> come on. Some people like when moon, I'm like when peace.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Pluto. It's lasted for 432,000 years.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm seeing here. So we are just over 5,000 years into this. <laughs> I, so this is this is Vedic astrology as well. So it's a little bit different. They say in the years of the Devas, Kali Yuga lasts 1,200 years. And on Earth, it lasts, yeah, 432,000 years. Wow. So, we, yeah. So we're in it. We're in it right now
1: yeah and i think we can i think we can definitely see that i mean even um there's so there's so many things that have happened in the if you think in the last decade the things that have happened and i had a really interesting yoga teacher who you know has been practicing kundalini yoga since the 70s and she basically said that um you know an activation that used to take them like three four hours we now achieve in between 3 and 30 minutes wow. so you know even though there's a lot of darkness that seems to be you know we've got so many wars there's so many people suffering in the world mm. um there's people that are out that are protesting and you know a lot of anger there's a lot of destruction there's a lot of darkness in you know that is really in our face i think in the world during this time but really what that darkness has always been there but it's like through these yogis and prayer warriors that have you know prayed throughout the decades is that it's brought that darkness up to the surface and that's why we're yes. really seeing it it's really in our face because it's come to the surface for us to be able to release and transmute
0: yes you know, to, to alchemize our, our, it yeah yeah literally history. to alchemize it to have podcast like this like i remember i think i said to you about this on like another call but i remember just eight or nine years ago um, i'm a, I'm a trauma-informed yoga therapist then but i remember before i had completed those credentials even using the word trauma in a yoga class was like um, oh, like and now it's a buzzword and now healing mm. is a buzzword it's all over instagram like we have huge we have huge um Influencers that are posting about this type of stuff. And it's amazing. There is a collective shift, but it's like, well, then why is there so much darkness? But we have to remember that this is a dual universe. Like planet Earth, Earth school <laughs> is a 3D system. And how do we transcend into 5D? It, it is that process of alchemizing, of talking about this stuff, of using all of our resources, our logic, our intuition, everything that we have been given on tools as Earth to see the bigger picture and ultimately take us inward to our soul yeah it just started raining
1: and beyond beyond to our spirit because it's so interesting you bring up this 3d 5d reality because i think i probably have a different perspective on it than most um yogis or definitely most in the instagram wellness world. Because (laughs) I sort of see like the 5D is really our spirit being, you know, it's that image, you know, every human being is created in the image and reflection of God, you know, and that that's what that 5D part of us is. It's that spirit being. And, you know, yeah, exactly. We already are embodying it. It's like it's our choice whether we want to recognize it or not. And then we have this like 4D reality, which is like us soul I guess you would call it which is our mind our will and emotions and um you know that's kind of yeah absolutely that's kind of the battleground that's where we do all of our that's where we do the work right Mm. and then we have this three whatever is worked out in that 4d space you know you can sort of see is then sort of projected into 3d reality so it's all at once it's not like oh I'm in 3d but I'm gonna I'm gonna someone beam me up to five D. Like I don't see it like that. I think it's embodiment of 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 it all at once. Yeah, recognition. You know, obviously, when we leave this three D body, then it, what will be left is you know a spirit. But um, yeah, it's it's um it's that um yeah it's that space, and I think that that that's where we're going, and I think. Interestingly enough, like a journey into down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin, has sort of taken me places that I didn't really think, you know, that it really would. Like when you start to look at the, um, you know, the philosophy of Bitcoin, and it start you start to question some of your own values and um, those sorts of things, and even just the fact that Bitcoin is a metaphysical entity in itself is, um, you know, is is that um, you know, it ties in with what we're talking about as well, right?
0: You said something so interesting about the 4D. I just want to jump back to that really quick about how it's like the battleground. And we, if, it just took me back to the Bhagavad Gita. If you guys don't know who's listening, the Bhagavad Gita is this like another sacred yogic text. It's stories. It's kind of like the Bible. So it's just really symbolic. It's not factual. It's just symbolic. But the Bhagavad Gita is like, an, I'm going to sum this up in really layman's terms, is an entire story of the battle of what goes on. And it's symbol of, of in life but it's really like the bat, it's talking about the battle in our minds of like, Mm -hmm. what do we choose to believe? Do we choose to believe these like, and stay stuck in the fear and the darkness and keep us in this like more dense 3d, like structured reality, or do we choose to step into that? Like that spirit, that embodiment, that more 5d of who we are as well. And, um, that's, yeah. Thank you.
2: (laughs) I'm like, I feel that. And I feel like a lot of people are starting to feel that. Mm -hmm. And because I just, I see this massive shift occurring and just the level of awareness that a lot of people are starting to step into. Like we just never saw this kind of thing. And to link it back to Bitcoin or to crypto, I'm just like, this is such a perfect move into what we're headed towards, which is that 5D. Because, right, that's like the goal. That's where, like, we're headed. Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies are literally energy. Like money's already energy, Mm -hmm. but Bitcoin, crypto, more than ever, really are energy like we're stepping away from the 3d Mm -hmm. we we don't have that anymore when it comes to bitcoin yet it's still real it still has value it still has energy it still has people's emotions written all through it their euphoria and their psychological turmoil and it tests them and exposes them and maybe we're going through the battleground right now with with
0: bitcoin Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's so interesting too, how like, we don't know the creator of Bitcoin. And sometimes if I let myself think about that too much, I get into some strange places <laughs> again in the battleground of my mind, but it's like, it's almost like a a, mac, a microcosm of the macrocosm. I mean, everything is in its own interesting way, but it's like, we don't know who created us or earth or God, you know what I mean? It's like God and don't get me wrong. Like you guys out there listening, I'm not saying Bitcoin is anything compared to God or whatever. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm going to be really ubiquitous here, but it's like, there's just this faith in it. Like just there's like this faith in humanity, which could be questionable at times, but do you guys see the comparison I'm making? Yeah. Unknown.
1: Because I think also what's interesting is that we've, um, you know is the kind of current one of the like kind of light bulb moments I think I guess with, with for me with Bitcoin is that you know we actually our, our current financial system is also just an idea and I don't say that like flippantly like it's a very powerful idea because basically every person on the planet has chosen to align to it right but yes. What the current financial system requires of us is that we trust in the people that are custodians of the financial system and um, in their processes, in their integrity. And we have to have faith and trust in, in that system, whereas sure. Bitcoin actually requires less faith because you can, it's a trustless system and you can <laughs> actually, you know, you can actually verify. So That's it's, it's such... Yeah, so it's such an interesting shift. There's a lot of people, because we're so used to, and I don't judge it because I also have a lot of trust and faith in this current system, you know? is that, I mean, same. It's, it's waning, it's waning, I'm not gonna lie, but it's like, um, you know, it's just an interesting comparison because like we, we so easily have trust in what we've known for so long, even though um, it's it's questionable. And um, yet it's really hard for us to trust something that we can actually verify. Um, but I think that's the, that's the Aquarian age also that we're in. That's a very like Aquarian idea to be able to hold those two ideas and for both to be true at the same time, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's where we're at. And that's also where I get that, like why I say, you know what, I don't think it's, you know, yay, we've just shifted Pluto into Aquarius and it's, you know, we've had, you know, top 20 or top 15 banks collapse in America and Credit Suisse collapse in Europe and things like that. So a lot of people think, oh, well, it's just like plain sailing now to the moon with Bitcoin. And I just don't see that as as truth, you know, because um, I don't actually hold this dystopian idea. And maybe it's just because I don't want it to play out like this, but I'm aware of that. But I think that there is this sort of narrative that at some point, there's going to be this Armageddon and everything that we possibly know is going to like burn to the ground. And all these Bitcoiners are going to sort of like stand up and be like Will Smith and I am legend, but such (laughs) a legend, know. Like, I just don't think that that's how these things play out. I don't think that's how we evolve as humanity. And um, I actually just don't want that, you know, I don't want to live in that way. So I think this kind of idea of like, the current system is just going to crash and burn and Bitcoin is going to rise from the ashes. I don't no. I don't agree with that, right? And um, so I think we've got some interesting times ahead in terms of Bitcoin. Also in terms of our investments in the current financial system, I think gold is going to be really interesting. This have a really interesting year as well. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just a, a watch and wait and just be really aware. I think there's also different challenges for the dollar too you know it's not you know i think it's actually a great thing for bitcoin that it's not the biggest threat to the dollar to be honest it's so it's such a small section of the financial system the whole of crypto is less than a trillion is a trillion dollar market cap it's minute it's so irrelevant in terms of the the grand scheme of things of the financial system the dollar has other um other challenges you know and um i just think it's you know looking at the astrology for this year it is going to be a really turbulent um volatile time but um yeah i think it's going to be really really interesting to watch how certain events play out with even the brics nations and um yeah. China yeah. and you know all of those sorts of things they also play into this so I love the idea of the Bitcoin standard. I can't personally can't wait to get there, but I just don't think we're there. We're anywhere near there yet. That's my personal opinion. People won't like that, but um, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. that's my sort of thoughts on on where we're going. Um, And I think, yeah, as we were saying with with um, Pluto going back into retrograde, I think that that's also going to be a time where we do sort of have some power um, struggles, you know bitcoin is going to face you know it's all about capric going back into capricorn it's about tradition and authority and um these older structures and i think that we're going to see some you know regulation issues and challenges in that respect but um yeah i think it's really interesting i think it's really going to be really interesting to see how it plays out this year
2: 100 agree with you when just looking more at the shorter term um yeah you, as of uh today when we're recording this um but just looking from the 6th of April uh the full moon in Libra I think that we will have reached you know local bottoms maybe lingering for a day or two or three um Mm -hmm. and starting to head back up towards um the new moon you know I believe that there is still this Um, Again, just looking specifically at Bitcoin, just kind of this range between 30, 32K that we'll probably reach uh, before anything else happens. Obviously, look at your technical analysis, everyone, and line everything up. Um, But then, you know, as we really do hit that 20th of April, which is going to be the next new moon, which is going to be that eclipse um, and it being in, mercury retrograde in Taurus which just so happens to be very very similar to what happened with the last eclipse um with um uh, duh, duh, duh. no, sorry, the the one that, that happened at the start of last year um, with the lunar crash, let's say, in May of last year, you know, even there we had an eclipse in Mercury retrograde Taurus. I just see that being really similar where price will come down. You know, uh, we might even see like a 20, 30, 40%, but nothing is certain. It could completely go up the other way. Um, that's just kind of where a short term, what it is that I'm looking at. And last thing that I will kind of touch there too is Mars in cancer. I think that's really mm. important. Mars has been a very, very long time in Gemini and Gemini as Claire said, is really intellectual. Um, Mars is the planet of war and aggression. And so that's why I like to really look at it, especially seeing what's happening in the world. Um, and, you know, we've been seeing things just build up and that now Mars has shifted into cancer. Like, I love my cancers. Um, mm-hmm. Cancer is mm-hmm. a little emotional. And you so know. I'm like, is it just going to kind of melt down
1: <laughs>
2: when it's going to? <laughs> turmoil that's kind of what i'm seeing there but let's see let's see what happens that's kind of just my
0: prediction for now we love a good cancer meltdown speaking from a moon from someone whose moon is in cancer
2: oh my Mercury's in cancer so imagine my communication <laughs> I
0: love, you do it you're a great speaker
2: <laughs> yeah 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 just not when i'm in a not so great mood <laughs> emotional
0: place there we go
2: but yes i think that with that we can wrap up our first episode happy full moon
0: yes happy full moon happy full moon guys thank you for joining us for another episode of the bitcoin zodiac podcast we hope that our discussions about cryptocurrency, trading, the faces of the moon, and spirituality have inspired you to explore these topics further. As always, DYOR, do your own research. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we will continue to dive deeper and build off of these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. Until next time, these are your hosts signing off. May the stars align in your favor and your Bitcoin investments prosper. Peace and love and Bitcoin. Namaste.